Welcome back to the Real Dads United podcast, and I am your host, Andy the Southern Dad. Now, on today's episode, which is actually a continuation of episode eight, Yaja Kennedy and I, we're going to be talking about the, the several things that keep pushing him forward to make sure that he is doing what he's doing online. We're going to be talking about different tips for fellow fathers out there, especially whenever it comes to interacting with our kids. And plus, there is so much more that we talk about within this segment of this two-part of his interview. So with that being said, Yajiketa, go on in and take it away. And where a dad's hustle came in and how it elevated to where it's at now. And if you go click on a video and like, hey man, this dude's talking with like passion. He's like yelling at me mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. It really came in two years ago. Um, I've been doing it a long time, but it really came in two years ago when my son was born. And when my son was born and everything, um, I, I posted a video on YouTube. And when my son got of age where he he knew he pointed out and he was like dad dad and i was like oh shoot he recognized me on on youtube and he was like dad dad and it clicked in my brain and i was like for now on i'm just doing videos and when i do these videos yeah i'm i'm talking to myself but i'm also talking to my son uh and about hey son keep your purity, you know what I'm saying? Have a yep. standard as, as, as a man, don't make the same mistakes I did. And if you yep. do make the same mistakes that I did, it's okay to dust yourself off, get back up and keep going. So that's where my videos came in, man. It was just really, I'm just doing it. I'm just, I just think about my son and how he watches every video and then he starts mimicking me and my movements and stuff like that. And I go, you know, I'm leaving these videos behind for him. So if I, especially after seeing the whole little Kobe Bryant thing, man, I was like, man, Kobe was too young to die. Like, like that was, me. I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly. just with how involved in the community Kobe Bryant was. It just. Exactly. <sighs> and I will go on the record and I will go on. A, this is how impactful the Kobe Bryant death was. For me and my family, I will go on the record right now on on your podcast and let the world know I hate the Lakers. I am a Laker hater. I hate the Lakers. Y'all just get it. Don't you live in California? Yes, I live in California, but I hate the Lakers. I hate I hate the Lakers. I don't like the Lakers. I am not a Laker fan. I wasn't a fan of Kobe Bryant. I hated Kobe Bryant. I am a Chicago Bulls fan. That is my team. I am a Derrick Rose fan. I do not like Kobe. But when Kobe died, I felt like a piece of my childhood died. And I was like, oh, my God. Yep. This is, what, wait, no, Kobe ain't supposed to die. It's Kobe Bryant, you know? And, and, I was, and it affected my wife. And it made us think about, like, no, there's none of us are immortal and yeah. none of us know what tomorrow holds. And at the end of the day, what really broke me down about the Kobe Bryant's death is once I heard that his daughter was on there and I asked my wife, I was like, this man has beaten many shot clocks, many shot clocks. 
Time ticking down, 5-4-3-2-1. Kobe makes a shot. He ruins my whole day, ruins my whole night. I hate the playoffs. Lakers win another championship. Like, like he has ruined my life in that way so many times that I'm like, please, God, just don't let Kobe Bryant get the ball in his hand, you know? <laughs> and I was like, but this was one shot clock that he could not beat. Yeah. And I was like, and in that moment, what do you tell your little daughter? And that's what I was thinking about with me and my daughter. I was like, what the hell would I tell my daughter when I know my airplane, if he knew that his airplane and he, they were about to crash? Because you had to kind of know what was about to go down. So what do you tell your kid in that moment where like, oh, it's going to be all right, when you really don't know if it's going to be all right, you know? And from there, that's where the passion really came out with my videos of, I don't know how am I going to go. I don't know how I'm going to die. But I know one thing, if I go, if, 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 if I go, I want my kids to have something to refer back to where they go like, man, I don't, dang, man, this girl's giving me attention, but I'm committed to this one girl. What am I supposed to do? Oh, let me go back to my dad's Instagram. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, my dad told me, keep my penis in my friends. Okay, okay, cool. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> Going through, I'm going through this problem. What am I supposed to do? And that's that's the beauty of videos. Mm -hmm. So even in this moment, like with the whole George uh, 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 Floyd thing, and like the people that stepped up and said something, you have impacted forever in in history. You know, yep. and for the people that didn't say nothing you have forever impact in the history where let's say your great grandkids or your kids go, you know, Hey man, everybody else said something about this guy's death. Why didn't you say anything? Or uh, why didn't you do anything to take any type of action? Yeah. Oh, like, why did you, why, why did you, why did you just come out with a piece of paper instead of stepping up and, and doing something or, are are making a video well you know i mean yeah, you know yeah. so well and that's and that's kind of like um like on on my instagram like you'll like you probably noticed like i haven't really posted much on instagram but the things that i am posting they're intentional exactly and they're intentional with the response mm-hmm but also, like one thing that people haven't seen that much yet, I'm also busy in the back end too. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm shooting episodes and I'm, I'm getting even more messages out there because like right now, like more than ever, fathers need to be united. Exactly. Like, exactly. And you're doing it in the way that, you're called to do it, man. I know for me, for the company that I work for and everything like that, I was telling my wife, uh, you know, right now I'm out because of my Achilles. So I'm not working or anything like that, but I was ready to, I was, I was like, man, when I go back, I think I'm, I'm about to quit. And she was like, why? Um, she was like, hell no, you're not going to quit. We need this job. <laughs> like, like, and I was like, no, cause I'm, I'm, I'm on there. I'm looking at you. I'm trying to see what you're doing. Are you going to stand up? Are you going to say something? Are you going to be quiet? Like you, you comment about everything else. You comment about everything else. You even comment about 
uh, freaking the coronavirus. Like you, you comment about everything else, but you, you're quiet here. And yeah. I was having a struggle because I was like, oh God, I yeah, man, I need money though. <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> I can't just quit like this. But I was like, but you were a lion. What's your integrity? What's your what? What do you value? Do you value the dollar or do you value someone's character? And uh, thank Jesus that uh, all of a sudden, um, like I said on the back end, they never came out publicly or anything like that and put out put out like the little blackout or said anything about it. But they ended up donating what was like ten million dollars to. Um, black organizations and from there I was like cool you don't have to publicly come out and say anything no. but you did you did something that I'm and you sent it out to your employees letting your employees know like yo this is what we're doing like we're not just like we hear you guys because at first I was like man what the hell what they ain't doing nothing man they just see me as uh, a pay, they just see me as an employee number. They don't care about me. Like, but so how you coming out with these videos, it's bringing light to situations from different dads' point of views. And like how you said, you're getting us united to go, hey, if we're going to tackle anything, we got to do it together. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you have so many people, like, and this is things that I've noticed, you have so many individuals trying to be individuals trying to tackle a problem and it's like you can't do that like you can't be a bunch of individuals tackling an issue no because it won't work no but if we work as a team and like whenever it comes with racism and that kind of stuff at least it's my mm -hmm. thoughts it starts mm -hmm. in the home exactly and I, you know, I, I would say going back to what you said um you know, I never seen a cheetah, going back to that analogy, I never seen a cheetah take down an elephant. Mm -mm. Why? Because it's a single uh, predator. Yep. I seen a lion take down an elephant before. You ain't going to take down any elephant, especially racism. You ain't taking down no racism by yourself. Oh, so, hell no. No. But it, it starts home. in the home. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like a saying that I'm starting to say even more again is you know like with all of us fathers we are our child's very first teacher mm. like through and through like we can tell our kids to do something will they do it 25 Maybe. 75 yeah. <laughs> about 25% mm -hmm. chance they'll do it mm -hmm. but if the child watches what you do whether it be good or bad there's about a 90% chance that they're going to follow mm -hmm. your exact footsteps that's crazy. That's like the saying, uh, that's like the uh, quote that I, uh, that came to me one day and it was, uh, don't just, and I told my daughter this too. I was like, don't just uh, listen to what I say, but watch what I do. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just listen to what I say, because a lot of people, a lot of dads will be that, uh, do what I say, not what I do. Like, oh, that, I, did, I did a post about that too. <laughs> that that is so backwards in so many ways. Yeah, do what I say, not what I do. Like, wait, what? No, it, uh, like your actions mean more than than yeah. what you say. 
And it was just like the other day, my, my daughter wanted a donut. And, and I was like, you, did you eat? Did you eat regular food yet? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, you have to eat regular food, then you get a donut. She was like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And then I was like, man, woo, I'm about to get me a donut. And she looked at me and she looked, she didn't say nothing. She didn't say nothing. And she looked at me and I looked back and she looked at me. And then I said, but I have to eat. I have to eat first. I didn't eat yet. So I got to eat first. Yep. You know, but in that moment, she was looking at me like, I'm not going to say, hey, daddy, you didn't eat breakfast. But she was looking at me like, okay, so you're going to do. Yeah, what are you going to do? Why do you get to eat a donut before you eat? And I can't do that. Right. And then you go with the, I'm the adult. You don't tell me what to do. You know, like, yeah, kind of, that don't work, you know? No. So I told her, I told her, and that moment, and when I looked back and I told her, I was like, but I'm going to eat the donut after. Because remember what daddy taught you and what I'm teaching you. Mm-hmm. Don't just do what I say, but watch what I do. And that goes back to and what I'm trying to install in her is same thing of when she gets her husband. Mm-hmm. Your husband may just be a talker. If he ain't a talker and he don't got no action, he ain't the right one for you, girl. No. I mean, and that's just that's just being blunt about it. Yeah. I mean, and there's there is a lot of guys out there, they talk an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Some some guys out there are amazing talkers, but when it comes to rubber meeting the road, they come up short. Nowhere every time. Exactly. They come up short every time. But they man, they good at talking though. Man, they good at talking. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they going. I used to be one of them. <laughs> Shoot, man. My wife, t- I, man, I. I'd be able to talk my way out of stuff. And I used to be a, I used to be a real good talker. You know what I'm saying? And I used to talk my, I used to talk my way into girls' pants and like, like it was, you don't need him, girl. I got you. And I, I never really had you in the first place. Yeah. I used to be a real good talker. And then, you know, my wife was like, okay, I'm done with your talking. If you don't give me no action, I'm out of here. And then I said, oh, baby, don't leave me. <laughs> you know, but my talk game, I don't need you, girl. I don't need you, girl. But uh, baby, don't leave me. I need you. You know, so. Yeah. But, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, y'all y'all worked on it. Y'all fixed it. But also, I mean, you worked on yourself and you fixed yourself. Exactly. But we're always, like, we're always going to be working on, on ourselves. Got to. Like it just the moment you stop working on yourself and our reality is the moment you die. Exactly. Yeah, you nah, you can't. I, I always gotta work on my if I don't be if I'm not working on myself, then I I'm ratchet in heart, man. Mm-hmm. Like you look at me and be like, man, I'm ratchet in heart. I am what they call it, I'm a thought, man. I am a hoe. That's <laughs> just <laughs> just, just I, I had no I had no idea what that phrase meant. Like I heard that heard that phrase on TikTok and Yeah. Like yeah, I'm on TikTok too. Um okay. but like I heard that phrase on TikTok. I'm like, what is that? 
Like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what the definition means, but I know what the what the. I guess it's the new phrase for like ratchet or or a home wrecker or like you know yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I don't know what, it, but I, I I don't know what it means, but I know I'm it. <laughs> Shoot, and when I don't was. work on myself, my old habits come out, and next thing I know, I'm gonna be getting myself in trouble again. Y'all just had to don't got a TikTok, cause I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that TikTok is something else. But yeah. that's kind of like, you know, one thing I've noticed, like whenever. You know, with me, with me being an elder millennial, and I've noticed with other guys that I talk to, you know, not necessarily on the show, but in my personal life, that the different generations have different thought processes. Mm-hmm. Like the older generation, they're kind of, they're already set in their ways. They're, they're like, this is it. There's really no change in it. This is how things are. Exactly. But then you have our generation, you know, from mm-hmm. elder millennials to millennials. Mm-hmm. You have our generation. We're still in that prime time of where we can make that change. We can make a difference. Exactly. But in all reality, the older generation can as well. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take more work. Mm-hmm. But it's like our generation, it's going to take work. But from what I've noticed, a lot of people around our age, we all kind of already, we have that same, that same common ground. Like, you know what? We wanted the best life possible for our kids. And you're going to see where I'm going at this in a second, which I think you kind of already know. You know, it's like we, we want the best life possible for our kids. So how are we going to do it? You know, we don't want our kids to be picked on. We don't want our kids to be discriminated against. We don't want all of these different things to happen. So then it's like, you know, with us as a father, what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen? For one, it starts with us. It starts with all of us not treating each other that way anymore. Exactly. It starts with all of us coming together, teaching our kids that it's cool to be kind. Instead exactly. of cool to bully, bully one another and pick on the little man. You know, exactly. that's, it's kind of like that, you know, like with, within schools, schools can be either a good experience for people or a bad experience for people. Or, yeah. It's, or it can just be, eh, it's school. Exactly. But the people that have good experiences, from what I notice, are happy, kind, just kind of get along. People that have bad experiences typically get bullied and that kind of ordeal. Exactly. And the thing is, bullying, at least, at least with my experience, is taught mm-hmm. through parents' actions. Mm-hmm. So. I, 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 I agree 100% with you. And I will also say, uh, sometimes when it comes to, like, bullying it's sometimes not taught, but I would say it's not corrected. Right. You know, and uh, like for my, for my daughter, my son, you know, he likes basketball a little bit. And uh, 
he was playing with the basketball and my daughter comes along and she's playing defense on him, but he doesn't recognize what she's doing. So all he sees is her blocking the the court and he doesn't know what she's doing. So he's trying to move to the side and she's moving to the side and everything like that. And so then I tell her, Hey, uh, little mama, stop. Um, because your brother doesn't know that you're playing defense. He just thinks you're in front of him. Right. And she was like, she wouldn't stop at first. And so she was just, and he just started busting out crying and everything like that. And then I explained to her, I was like, if, if somebody wants you to stop and you're, and you're continuing to go, therefore now, even though you thought you were playing with him and you're playing defense, he didn't see it that way. Now you become a bully to him because you're just blocking whatever he's doing. Or if you take a toy that he's using and stop being a bully. And I have always told her, I don't deal with bullies. That's one thing I I'm not with, you know, bullying is, is you ain't getting that from me. You know, so, uh, yeah, man, it's it's teaching generations love. It's teaching people kindness. Mm-hmm. It's teaching people to be patient with each other. We're in a world that is get, 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 get. You know, if you have to wait in line for five minutes, it's like, oh, my gosh, why isn't this line hurrying up? Why yep. are they taking forever in the grocery store? You know, or. Oh, down I see that to, all the time, too. Yeah. Down to even like, uh, you know, just common courtesy and mm-hmm. etiquette. You know, like I said, I I injured my my Achilles, and and people will walk in the door. You know, every once in a while, somebody will be like, "Hey, man, I see you. I see you coming in the door. I'm gonna hold it for you." And they will wait, and they will hold it. And how much I say, like, "Dang, man, I appreciate that." You yep. know, because you know how hard it is to open a door like and you on one leg is just no joke and it was like no no problem but then you got other people that is just like oh i see you coming out here you know and we have that me mentality and it reflects in our kids and everything like that and i think the older millennials i think we're in a great spot man um because i feel like we're old enough to talk to and um, relate to the older generation. Mm -hmm. But we're also young enough to relate to the generation coming after us. Yep. Where, like, when I speak to, like, high schoolers and stuff like that, they don't see me as, oh, this dude is 32. They see me as, oh, this dude's probably, like, he's probably like 20 something or whatever the case yeah. may be. Or they look at me and go, oh, he's, he's not that um, far off. And then if they talk to me, then they go, okay, he don't even know what clout is. Okay, this guy's <laughs> kind of, you know, no, but they go, he's still kind of relatable in a way. And we have the opportunity to do some great things. And it all starts at home. Like racism is, you don't just, you're not born racist. No. You know, you're not born seeing color like that. You're not born seeing color where you hate another person based upon their color. Right. You know, it is, it is taught. 
So what we have to do is continue to teach a different, teach a different method. And like, I'll be the first to say for my black community, you know, even though I know your background is not all the way white or anything like that, you teaching your kids how you teaching your kids and not having them see me as my color, you know, but more of what my character is that I applaud you for that. You know, there's people that's doing stuff like that where you are having marches, how they had a march for Mr. Floyd, where it's not just back in the day, Martin Luther King's day, there was only like really only black people out there. But whenever panning out for Mr. Floyd, you seen people of different colors coming out and being like, no, this injustice was, this injustice was wrong. Like when, when I was well, talking to you, and you were like, no, man, he needs, he needs more of a punishment than what he already got. He can, he's getting off easy. And to hear that, I'm like, dang, you know, like, I'm not saying that. My brother, my brother from a different color saying, you know. <laughs> well, it's and the so, truth. I mean, you know, now they're talking about, oh, we're, no, we're going to give him second degree. No. That is yeah. first degree murder. Like, in, especially yeah. with my background, it's like, mm-hmm. and with the state of Florida, law enforcement mm-hmm. is held to a higher standard. Punishments mm-hmm. are harsher for law enforcement in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about other states, but I know how it is in the yeah. state of Florida, though. Mm-hmm. But feed them to the game and a python. Yeah, <laughs> it just. I mean, to me now, this is just my personal my personal thoughts. Mm. He's not gonna make it out of jail. Oh no, I, I don't think so. No. Uh, he, he ain't gonna make it out of jail. No, because but it goes back to it goes back to the teaching of of not only based upon what he did to uh, Mr. Floyd, Mm -hmm. but it also goes back to how you treat others, like the old saying, treat others the way that you want to be treated, right? And there's probably so many people that are in that jail cell that you put in there. Yep. And, you know, some of them probably had to go in there because if you do the crime, you got to do the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. there's no way around. I don't care what color you are. Criminal action is criminal action, you know. But how did you treat them when you put them in there? Yep. You know, how did you, how were you handcuffing the people? I Like, how, how were you talking to the people? Were you respectful? Because, you know, most people that are doing criminal activity, they know that what they're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And, but how do you, how do you treat them? Like I was talking to, I was telling uh, one of my um, followers, um, we were talking and he showed a picture of um, Mr. Floyd and he showed the picture of the dude that went in, the white guy that went into the church and he um, killed people, Mm -hmm. you know? And he was like, dang, the white guy got water. And, and he murdered folks, you know, um, Mr. Floyd, you know, whether it's true or not, I don't know, uh, the fake $20 bill or the fake check or whatever it is, you yeah. know, and he's, and he's dead, but he didn't murder nobody, you know, yep. but the other dude got water and the other guy got a death sentence. And um, what I told my wife and what came to me and what God showed me was 
first of all, that's two different individuals. Second of all, that's two different uh, police departments. Yep. You know, and that's two different people's style. That other man, whether if it is based upon he's white or not, I don't know because I don't know that man. But how do I not know that it was just because that's how he was, that's how he is as a police officer. Right. Where he goes, I, as an EMT, when I was an EMT, our number one job was, hey, any judgment, you got to throw it out the window. Yep. Once they get in the back of your gurney, whether they killed somebody or they didn't, whether, a oh, man, we had... We had, um, we had child abuse, uh, child abuse parents in the same gurney as us, where you looking at the kid and it's like, man, this is a kid. What are you doing? You know, but I can't pass no judgment. I got to treat the patient, you know? So I don't know. It's just your kindness goes a lot further than what it is to hate on somebody. And sometimes when you hate on somebody, your life may change like this man's life has changed. And you may not make it out based upon not just the Mr. Floyd thing, but based upon you treated other folks back in the right. day. Well, that's the thing. Like, I personally, like, this is like my personal thoughts. I don't think it's going to make it out of jail, but typically like with law enforcement you get put in your own cell by yourself like like you're alone like you're yeah. like essentially you're in solitary mm -hmm. but i could go into a bunch of different conspiracy conspiracy theories that may or may not happen you never it could be another uh what is this jeffrey uh epstein it could be another mm -hmm. one of those because everybody knows he didn't kill himself exactly <laughs> Okay. If you do, I'm sorry, mm. but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. We all know he didn't kill himself. Uh, you, but there's yeah. politics in, in, in jail, you know. Yeah. But but with him being arrested, well, originally it was third degree. I'm like, no. Yeah. And now they decided, oh, yeah, we're, no, now we realize we're going to bump it up to second degree. I'm like, really? And that's where the unity came in, man. Like, even though that's still not... For me, how I look at it is I'm not, I'm not a judge. I'm not a jury. I'm not God. I'm not a lawyer. Like, I had to look up, like, what really is third degree, what's second degree, and what's first degree, you know? So I'm still, I'm still learning that stuff. And, um, and... But I also go... I also go, you know, it may not be what I want it to be, but take, I learned in my life, even take the little wins. Because when this came out with um, his death and everything, me and my wife just got done watching, uh, it's called Show Mercy with mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was basically about, a guy, a black guy that spent like almost 40 years in jail or something like that uh, for uh, supposedly killing a white uh, woman in, in that little town mm -hmm. and come to find out he never did it. And the evidence came back when they finally um, did the evidence of it. 
the evidence came back that it was a white guy that actually killed her, you know? Uh, and this is the crazy part about it. So we just watched that movie. And in the end of the movie, uh, that the, the lawyer, he got other black men off the case that also served a long time in jail for crimes that they didn't do, right? Murder charges that were pinned on them and they were about to be on death row and get the electric chair and everything like that. And so he, he, he did a couple guys. He got a couple guys out, right? And it was 2000 and, 2017 or something. No, no, no. Was it last year? No, 2019, the sheriff of that town retired where he was the one putting everybody in, <laughs> all the black guys in there. And 2009, and, and me and my wife was like, wait, this dude retired last year? And he, like, the, the city or the uh, town was keep reelecting him, like, yep. six terms. And I was like, you reelect this dude six terms, mm -hmm. and – He's always coming back with his track record showing that he's putting black guys in jail for no reason and giving them the death chair. Yeah. But you don't know about it because, you know, camera phones weren't popular back in, back in the day. Yep. And so for me, when it comes to like the Floyd thing, I go, you know what? Even though it's not what I want it to be, I take some kind of justice over those other dudes back in the day that didn't get no justice and they didn't even do the crime, you know? Yeah. So I take, I take some kind of justice instead of that having to do retire last year for just killing people in a, in a different kind of way. Like this kind of crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. Bob. Yeah, man. After seeing that movie and then this, that happened, that kind of freaked me all up. I was like, oh, yeah. oh wow! This is why I don't watch movies. <laughs> so believe it or not, I really don't have time to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, between uh, between work and the show, and spending time with my wife and boys. Like exactly, me and my me and my wife don't watch a lot of movies or anything like that. Um, but we decided, like, man, we're on quarantine. Let's have a quarantine date night. Uh, Cause I messed it up. We were supposed to have a a, a date night, um, you know, back in December. But your boy was out for like four, four months, so we couldn't go nowhere. And then once I got released to start walking again, quarantine happened. And so I was like, dang. So I told my wife, I was like, I gotta find some creative way to, you know, have an in-house date. And then we watched that movie, and then the Floyd thing happened, and we we're like, you know. Some justice is better than no justice. I take I take 40 years. I take 40 years. I think that's 40 years. Like I said, I don't know everything, but I take in, 40 years in Florida, instead of that man. In Florida, I think second degree is up to 15. Mm. I thought third, they said like, degrees five. like third degree is five years. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, in, in the state of Florida. If I'm not mistaken, a third-degree felony is up to five years. 
second degree is up to it's either up to 15 or up to 25. It's one of those two. Yeah, long but as they don't give that man, uh, release that man off of good behavior, you know, we could. He won't. I don't like how you said. I don't think he's gonna last that long. No, like I mean, even like I'd prefer justice to be served. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want him assassinated or anything along those lines. But given the way this society is, and given the way things unfortunately are, he's not gonna make it out of jail. It's either gonna be justice through the court or street justice. You know. Yeah. No. But it just what sucks the most about it is that the whole incident happened. Exactly. I mean there's there was no sense in it. Over a counterfeit bill. Yeah. If there was one. You know. Then also if it was his. Yeah. And that's I mean the that's, that's the thing. It's like if. And then the crazy thing is my wife showed me was there was um, there was a post that showed that um, two white guys did the same thing, and you know they're still they're still alive to go through their court, you know, go through their court date and everything oh, yeah. like that, you know. So, but it happens, you know. Unfortunately, like white people aren't the only people that that do do this. I just want to come out and let people know that now, you know, white people aren't the only people that are racist. Oh, no. You know, so, you know, all right, and there's not – white people aren't the only bad police out there as well, you know, so. Well, and with my experience, the bulk of police officers out there are good officers. Mm. Exactly. Like, you have such a small amount of bad apples in the police force, it's not even funny. And in all reality, if you're one of those bad apples listening to this episode – Turn in your badge. Turn in your gun. Just retire. And sometimes those bad apples are based upon you went in with good intentions and, you know, the job just got overwhelmed and you have, you're trying to, I, I believe, I believe I have, um, I know, and I have um, cop friends that I know. And a lot of them tell me that um, you have to be, like called by, um, in their opinion, you have to be called by God to like be in law enforcement, yeah. you know, because it, it is a calling on your life. If you're trying to just do it for, cause you think that, Oh, the government's going to pay me. So it's going to be a good check, you know, <laughs> like, me fire, like me and fire. I went into fire, not because I always wanted to be a firefighter. I went into fire with the mentality of, Man, they get paid good, you know. And thank God that I'm still alive. That I, when I was doing my EMT and everything like that, I pulled over a patient and I hurt my back. And then there goes me trying to go into fire and everything like that because I wasn't going into fire for the right reason. If you go in and to try to be a police officer, not based upon you really want to protect and serve, but you're trying to uh, have a good paying job or with good insurance or whatever the case may be, like getting into it for that, that is the wrong reason to get into something. Or if you're burnt out, like mm -hmm. I, like if you're burnt out, like everybody gets burnt out on their jobs after a while, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? 
you you either need to take a vacation, make a long vacation, or whatever your case may be. But if you're if you're to the point where you're burnt out and you're not going to do your job effectively, then get out. You know, because that frustration is just going to turn into somebody's death. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, or it's just going to eat you from the inside out. Exactly. And that's and that's kind of that's kind of something that's kind of very similar to what's happened with me. Um, Mm. I've been driving professionally for right at 10 years Mm. and I actually, I've been kind of been on and off driving Mm -hmm. for about the past year. Um, Mm -hmm. still with the same company, but you know, we've been, they've been offering layoffs and of course me, I'm sure I'll take it. Um, but it's a lot of it had to do with this because I was burnout working between 45 and 50 hours a week, hardly getting to see my family at all. You know, it just, it was kind of like one thing after another. And it's like, you know, there's like with me, there had to be more to life than that. You know, yeah, I had my, I had my Andy, the Southern dad brain going and that kind of stuff. Um, but like, I just, I needed more. I needed more of a purpose, you know, than just driving around delivering freight and that kind of stuff. Like I needed more of a purpose. So through right. a bunch of trial and errors and zigzags and focus, like having focus on one thing, then losing it and mm-hmm. focus on another thing, and you know the entrepreneurial roller coaster. Um, it finally led me to this. Like everything's been progressing to what we're doing right now. Exactly. You know, this you have, you is what I want. Yeah, when you have a purpose, you can go through the BS and and keep it pushing. Like, brother, we we I talked to you earlier today. Yep. And when I talked to you earlier today, you were at your job. You got off your job. We're doing this. I don't know how long we've been doing this, but I know it's about to be uh, 12 o'clock my time. So that means it's about to be two o'clock your time. And I know you didn't go the three o'clock. Yeah. See, look, at, I, I know you didn't take no nap or anything <laughs> of that nature because we got off the, we got off the phone. And when we got off the phone, I took my showers, gave my kids their bath and we've been on talking ever since. Yep. So I know you may sleep, but you're allowing that that your know, purpose to drive you past the brink of being tired. You're allowing your your purpose to drive you to do what what you call to do. When you don't operate with purpose, you're going to it's you're going to get burnt out a, a lot yep. easier, and you're going to be like, man, why am I doing this? This is this is boring. Like this is not what I want to do with my life. So oh, no. exactly. Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And it's just, and it's uniting all of us. Like, I know exactly. I may end up putting out a solo episode here and there and everywhere, mm-hmm. but I get the most fulfillment having a bunch, mm-hmm. like having guys come on here and doing exactly what we're doing. Exactly. Just talking. Exactly. But also, because men don't do that. No, men don't. don't talk. It's like somewhere in the scheme of things, Men were taught, don't talk to each other. Oh, especially don't talk about emotions or feelings, because we don't have those. Remember? No, we're not supposed to have no, those. No, but I supposed- think it's 
that is passed down. I think that is yeah, that is passed down. A lot of men don't a lot of men don't don't speak. And to my dad, like I remember my dad has when I when I talk about my dad, my dad is has always been um his work ethic. He's has has always had a killer work ethic. And he's always been like, I remember when, you know, we were struggling a little bit like that. And my dad was like, you know, he he always humbled himself and he was like, at the end of the day, nothing comes before my family. Nope. And I remember my dad used to work at Six Flags Magic Mountain as a grown ass man, working at Six Flags Magic Mountain uh, at Six Flags Magic Mountain Animal Farm the animal farm just yeah. to put food on the table. Like, so he has always had that work ethic and he has always, I've like for myself, I embodied that like, yo, you got to provide for your family no matter what. But my dad to this day, he's kind of sort of not a big talker. He's more of his action. Mm -hmm. Now over the years, what has been so amazing is my dad is like I talk to my dad a lot more than what I ever talked to him. And it could be because of myself of, of he's not necessarily the one to come out and be like, yo, what's going on. But he'll, he'll talk to you if you talk to him, right. you know, but he necessarily doesn't engage it. But over the years, my dad has, has communicated and it has shown me like, yo, you gotta be a communicator. Even today. My I, uh, my dad called me up and he said, yo, man, I just wanted to check up on you. It was, and, and, and him doing that speaks values to me, you know? And I just go, dang, you know? A lot of men don't, don't have that. We don't have that example. We always have yeah. like, man up. Like when I remember- when Oh, I love that phrase. Yeah, my son <laughs> hurt himself and whatever. And I was like, oh, man, just shake it off. Just man up, baby. You got this. And my wife was like, no. Like, well, how about you, like, really check on them and stuff like that? I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, you, you good. All right, get up, baby. Let's keep going. But then what psychologically, it went, instead of dealing with emotions, he goes, I just man up. Oh, man, I just got in trouble for X, Y, and Z. I just man up. Yep. You know, just man up. Don't talk about it. Just just man up. No, the real man, man way is doing what we're doing. Brother, my my phone is like at 4% right now, but I'm going hard at this. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't talk to men. Like I'm going into my phone dies because you don't talk to men and it, you need to be able to talk to men. Like yeah. you need to, if you need that outlet, like you talking to your wife, you talking to your girlfriend, you're going to get it from a, a, a one perspective you know sometimes you need it from a man's perspective sometimes i need to hear it from you where it's like yeah man hey educated like nah man that was that was pretty stupid like hearing like hearing that from a man like it's the you validation the, exactly exactly i hear it from my wife i'm like yeah i know you were going to tell me that mm -hmm. you know you hear from another man when my boys told me Hey man, you stupid. Your wife cooks, she cleans. Matter of fact, mm -hmm. I bet you if you I bet you if you really 
gave into her love language and you started really serving her in her love language, you probably get more sex. Like you stupid, bro. Yep. Oh man. Oh man. I I wish I find a girl like your wife. When I when I heard that from my boys, I was like, damn, maybe I am stupid. It's, but it's all the validation. Exactly. And it's, it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, women, they'll end up asking like different guys are like, how can I validate my husband? Exactly. You can't. No. You can't. Like there's nothing that a wife can do to validate their husband. Mm-hmm. Another man has to do that. It's just. And it speaks so much value, man. Cause my dad, my dad calling me and stuff like that. It just, I was like, man, this is, this is crazy. I, I, I love it. Like, man, he doesn't even have to call me and talk. We don't even have to talk about much, but him just calling me. I'm just like, cool. Like, all right, cool. You know, and a validation from another man, you know, yep. because like I said, my wife, my wife has never not validated me. She has never not gave me words of affirmation. She has always done that. But why oh, have I always, I have always seeked it from other women as well, you know? But not so much, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and but something about it when uh um like my dad when he says certain like even for my son. I, for my son, I made up a little since he like like Dragon Ball Z and stuff mm-hmm. and he thinks he's a superhero. So I would go, okay, you're a superhero. And I'd be like, you're the man, the myth, the legend, Prince Peel, da-da-da-da. And he just lights up. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me. And so I started telling him that over and over again. And then all of a sudden, he caught on to it. So I'd be like, you're the man, the myth, the legend, Prince Peel. And then he'll say it before me, da-da-da-da. You know, and for my daughter, validation from a man, from her father, yep. she, I tell her, Natalia, you got strength like Samson, heart like David, boldness like Paul. Let your faith be your roar. And then she'll come out and be like, rah, rah, rah. You know, so, you know, just little things like that. It's forever with them. And I remember yeah. my daughter, she was trying to move something. And it was pretty heavy. I was like, oh, she ain't going to be able to move that. And all of a sudden, something clicked in back of her brain. And she was like, I got strength like Samson, heart like David, boldness like Paul. And she moved it. But it was it was a man's validation. It was her father's validation going in like, no, you got this. You got this. It was it was Sean, my my EMT instructor's validation. I was like, no, bro, you stupid, but you got this. It was my dad. It was not necessarily just my mom telling me that I can do good in school. It was my dad too being like, yo, like, why are you tripping? Let's go. You got yeah. this, you know? And validation from a father is very important. Definitely. And that's like, and I know you agree with this, like through and through. Every single child needs a real father in their life. Yes. And it's whether, I would say, whether whether you are, like for me, I don't have, it's not my, it wasn't my real dad. It was my, it's my dad that I have. It doesn't, you don't have to be, you don't have to necessarily be blood related. And that's where I went to, Hey, I'm just going to be a male role model in some boy's life that doesn't have it. You know, I'll be that father figure, you know, 
that that best ability that I can because we need it. We need to talk. We need to open up. We need to be vulnerable. Yep. It's okay. A real man is vulnerable. Like if you can't be vulnerable, you you ain't good to nobody. No. But and that's also the whole premise of the real dads united because it takes a real dad to do that. And exactly. like like you're saying in your situation with him being a stepfather, I mean he is your father. Exactly. Like nobody can tell me otherwise. Right. Like that's your dad. Exactly. And I know that there are some stepfathers out there that they don't feel like they're their father or their father exactly. to the kids. And it's like that's far from the truth. If you're any type of instrumental influence in a kid's life, no matter their age, you're a father figure in their life. Exactly. Hold on. I'm about to try to find a charger. My phone on 2%. Okay. So now that you got your phone plugged in, uh, what are some more thoughts that you, that you have? Man, I would just, I would just say, uh, being a father is one of the most rewarding thing that you can possibly have and the best badge that you can possibly carry. And with that, it holds a lot of responsibility. Um, don't run from it, step up to the challenge, go after it um, and be the mighty lion that you are, you are called to be and uh, create that legacy. That's what fatherhood has, has shown me is I'm creating a legacy that's going to live way after I'm done. And, um, and it's okay to be a vulnerable father. It's okay to have emotions as a man. It's okay to talk to other men. It's okay. Don't be the stereotypical what the media and what people think that we should be. We are way more than that. And that's pretty much my journey, man. A dad's hustle is just to show men that you being transparent, letting the world know that, hey, I am a man. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. No, me, myself, I don't know how to end racism. No, I don't know how to I don't know how to be the perfect dad, nor do I think I'm the world's perfect dad. But, you know, to my kids, they they see me as Superman, you know? Yeah. And I'm just, it's okay to be transparent and, and, and vulnerable. And that's really my whole journey, man. Uh, and that's where healing took place inside of me when I became real with myself and I decided to be vulnerable. Awesome. So if people were trying to find you online, where can they find you? Like I said, you can only find me in one spot because you ain't going to find me nowhere else. I'm only on Instagram, <laughs> at a dad's hustle, at a dad's hustle. That's where you'll find your boy. Um, you, you also could check out me and my wife's podcast. It's called Brand of Encouragement. But if you want to just holler at your boy, go to at a dad's hustle. Awesome. So with that being said, 
I'm Andy the Southern Dad. I hope each and every single one of you has a blessed day. And remember, you are your child's first teacher. Have a good one.